Andropause. What does that mean? What causes men to lose their testosterone as they age? And what impact does it have on their health? Today, we're going to do a deep dive into men's health. If you need to take testosterone, what does that mean? Will you become more aggressive? Can you lift more? And can men benefit from testosterone replacement therapy or will it harm them? We'll help you fully understand what tests to ask your doctor for, if you should be taking testosterone, and what supplements we think can support you. All this and more on today's Be Healthistic. Welcome to Be Healthistic, the podcast that's more than just health and wellness information. It's here to help you explore your options across traditional and natural medicine so that you can make informed decisions for you and your family. This podcast illuminates the whole story about holistic health by providing access to the expertise of Dr. Steve and Drew Sinatra, who together have decades of integrative health experience. Be Healthistic is powered by our friends at Healthy Directions. Now, let's join our hosts. Hi, folks. If you like what you hear today and you want to listen to future conversations on all things integrative and holistic health, subscribe to our podcast at BeHealthisticPodcast.com. Also, check out and subscribe to the Healthy Directions YouTube channel, which features video versions of our episodes plus extra videos you won't want to miss. And finally, we have more with me, Dr. Drew Sinatra, my dad, Dr. Steve Sinatra, and other health experts at HealthyDirections.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Be Healthistic. Today in the show, as we look ahead to Father's Day, my dad and I are bringing you an all new episode focusing on men's health. According to the American Urological Association, about two out of 10 men older than 60 years old have low testosterone. And that increases slightly to three out of 10 men in their 70s and 80s. Like women during menopause, men also go through a natural hormone decline as they age. And though the changes are less rapid and severe than those experienced by women, these changes called andropause can produce uncomfortable symptoms for some men that can really decrease their quality of life, which have led some to call andropause male menopause. So is male menopause real? And what can you do if you have low T or low testosterone? We're going to talk all about it on today's show. So dad, let's jump right in. Sure, Drew. This is something that's close to my own heart as well, because I've had my testosterone levels tested several times in the last 10 years. And what, so I'm curious, what have you seen? What have you seen in terms of levels over that 10-year period? Well, about eight years ago, uh, um, when I was taking testosterone on and off, I was around 600, which was satisfactory. I was happy with that. Um, then I went off testosterone because I, I really didn't see much of a difference. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I was doing the, the injectable. Um, now, some of my colleagues, you know, do wafers in their mouth and uh, some of them do the pellets and stuff like that. About 15 years ago, I had the pellets done. And again, I didn't really uh, notice much. Um, but, you know, recently I had my testosterone checked again and I was uh, down to 425. So I am going down with age. Fortunately, I'm not down to that low T level, which is yeah. characteristically between two to 300 picograms, you know, per ml. So, um you know, maybe it's because some of the supplements I take, you know, but, you know, in my mid 70s, my testosterone is holding pretty well. I kind of wish I was a little bit stronger. And, uh, you know, I I think the sarcopenia is an issue, you know, where the older mm. you get, you, you know, you, you, you decrease your muscle mass, so to speak. I mean, I do walk and I still, you know, lift weights in the mornings and, you know, at least four to five days a week. Mm -hmm. So, 
Taking testosterone is really an individual choice for men. And with the men I've discussed this with, and I've discussed this with a lot of men as well as doctors who prescribe this testosterone, and I read all the books on testosterone, it's really an individual thing. So every man is, is different when it comes to testosterone. I mean, that's really the key. I mean, every male is different. Well, you know, Dad, I think the stat is, is every year that you age, you lose around 1% to 2% of your testosterone, right. correct? Now, when you said that you didn't notice much of a change in terms of the increase in testosterone, when you were actually on testosterone, though, did you feel changes in your body in terms of the increased energy or focus and concentration or, or muscle strength for that matter? Did you notice anything in terms of changes? The one change that I really knew that I really, really knew was due to testosterone, I was more aggressive. Ah. Uh, in other words, my athleticism came out. Uh, you know, it, it's just amazing. I, uh, that's one thing I think every male can take to the bank. If you start testosterone, your um, maleness comes out. In other words, you, you are more aggressive. And I got to tell you, um, men on testosterone, <laughs> they might be prone to road rage and stuff like that. I mean, you know, there's very subtle things that could set you off. So, you know, those are some of the things you have to worry about uh, when you take testosterone, especially for a male. Uh, be aware that the aggressiveness, and I'll tell you the truth, that's, that, that's why a lot of body lifters, and that's why a lot of athletes, you know, take mm -hmm. testosterone or testosterone derivatives because, you know, they, they want that aggressiveness. Yeah. You know, I, I did hear of a study, though, where they looked at, uh, the epidemiology of violent crimes and those had, who had committed them, and they actually measured their testosterone levels, and they didn't find a connection with those that who had higher testosterone and violent violent crimes. So that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good thing. Were any of those men taking exogenous testosterone? I mean, that's that's the key that I would like. To you know, know what? That's a great question. I don't I don't know that that detail or yeah. not. Um, so, Dad, when when men experience low testosterone, here's what I found in terms of men that are coming into the practice. Uh, they they have more belly fat, right? Yep. A little bit. They notice a little bit more around the mid region here. Uh, they notice that they're more fatigued. They don't have the the muscle strength that they used to. So they, right. they say that, hey, I'm going to the gym and I just can't lift the same amount of weight uh, as I used to. So there might be like a reduced muscle mass. Uh, there might be um, obviously like bone mass might decrease too. And then also uh, mood changes. So a lot of men experience uh, uh, depression or a little dysthymia, yeah. right? They just don't feel sort of as, as, as happy as they used to. And really what I've noticed, Dad, what I've seen is that libido and, you know, erectile dysfunction, those are the 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 things that actually go last, meaning like men yeah. don't typically have those symptoms first, but sort of end stage, that's where they start to have issues with uh, erections and libido. Right, right. And and one of the most important things I saw as a heart specialist when I was seeing men on a day-to-day -day basis was a syndrome of insulin resistance. Uh, yes. Amazing. These men came in, they weren't diabetic, but they would, you know, I, I would see, you know, I would see a lot of my men once a year, twice a year. And over time, I would notice they would, they were getting more weight gain around the middle. And when a man approaches that, you know, 39-inch waistline, so to speak, um, they got to be, you know, privy to the fact that, uh-oh, I could be getting insulin resistance. And what mm -hmm. happens in a lot of these men is that they gain weight, they get that abdominal girth, their HDLs go down, their triglycerides go up, their hemoglobin A1Cs start to climb very, very slowly. 
Um, and now they have a second syndrome. You know, not only is it low T that's, you know, crashing in on them, but now they have the syndrome of insulin resistance. So a yeah. good internist or a good cardiologist can recognize those really subtle findings, you know, do the appropriate lab work and, uh, you know, they can make the diagnosis. And, and Dad, wh where is the chicken in the egg there in terms of testosterone? Are we talking that uh, testosterone sort of leading to these changes that you just mentioned or these changes are thus and something else in the environment, per se, which we're going to talk about is decreasing the testosterone level? It could be all of the above. I mean, one of the things that I'm really privy to, because I've been into this EMF movement for, oh, oh gosh, 15 years now. Yep. And uh, when I was lecturing, um, you know, across the country and even in Western Europe 10 years ago, um, when I was lecturing on basically, you know, the environment and what the environment was doing to mitochondrial function and, and, and what it was doing to the neuroendocrine system, as well as the lymphatic system. And, and, you know, it was just incredible, but what I was seeing and, and, and I put together a lot of slides on this was that electromagnetics was mm. a big factor in the reduction of testosterone in men. Let's face it. Low T is a big problem in testosterone. Now, look, the, the, Elephant in a living room is this. It's it's basically male steril, uh, sterility. This is a big problem. I remember, Drew, when I was practicing at your age, actually less than your age, in my 30s, um, when I would see a male who could not impregnate his wife, mm -hmm. it was rare. It was usually the other way around. It yep. was the woman that had the issue. It wasn't the male. Then uh, a study came out of Finland and Scandinavia showing that uh, a lot of these males who were exposed to electromagnetic forces, cellular phone, cordless phone, and especially if a male puts a cell phone in their pocket. In other words, if I stand up, right, and yep. I put a cell phone right here, yep. now it's about, you know, just a few inches away from your testicles. Or, even, you know, or even in your back pocket, which a lot yeah, of them do. Yeah, exactly. And what, male, what the research has showed was that when men were carrying a, a cellular phone in their trousers, their testosterone production plummeted like 200% over a couple of hours. I mean, think about that. Yep. Because, yep. you know, it makes sense. What are the most specialized cells in the body? Well, your heart, your brain, and your reproductive cells. Yeah. So they're great that they're highly specialized, but the Achilles heel is they're the most susceptible to not only environmental toxins and insecticides and pesticides, but electromagnetic forces at the same time. So they're very, very susceptible. So I, I think we have an epidemic in our society where, um, you know, people got to be privy that these electromagnetic forces, uh, you know, can be deadly. And by the way, by the way, today, today, you know, whatever today's date is, there's an article in the New York Times on earthing and grounding, a big article. I, I saw that email come in this morning. Oh, you saw it too? I haven't read the article yet. Yeah. I haven't had time, yeah. but I, I can't wait to read it. Yeah. I read the article. Uh, you know, the Times didn't do us justice by, you know, you know, giving doctors names who did the research, but it was our research. A lot of it was our research. It's amazing. But like, um, I'm so glad that, you know, people are getting privy to this situation. Could, could you imagine that one of the antidotes to raising tea is going to be grounding? Because, look, if, me, if men are putting a cell phone in their trousers, right, and their tea goes down, and if you can do a maneuver by, you know, tossing that cell phone away or by grounding more, you know, in other words, you can do certain maneuvers 
to support your neuroendocrine system you know, and your HP axis. That's the key, the hypothalamic axis of the brain. So, um, you know, I don't know if I told you this, but years ago, I wanted to write the book, the, the, the book God's Simple Cures. Mm. <laughs> Grounding is without a doubt one of the simple cures that's free and that everybody can do. So I was really delighted to see the New York Times article. That was oh, that's really fantastic. Cool. That really is. Well, yeah, I think a key takeaway of just all that you've said is that uh, if men are listening to this right now, they're watching it, listen, reduce your EMF, your radio frequency RF exposure. So that means that don't carry your cell phone in your front pocket, Absolutely. your back pocket. If you're using a computer like you and I are right now, we're hardwired. We have an right. Ethernet cord that's connected to the router. You and I are not getting that Wi-Fi exposure, right? Because a lot of men, it's crazy, Dad. A lot of men, I even know I have friends that do this. They have their laptops on their lap, right? So you got two factors there. You got the heat from the laptop, which is not good for the uh, – the, the testicles, right, in terms of sperm right. production. Then you have the EMF layer added onto that as well, which is not good. So for men that use their laptops on their lap, please don't do that. At least put it on your desk. You can even buy these little protective uh, cloths. Uh, you know, one of them that my wife used a lot when she was pregnant was called belly armor. Right. right. And that's like that's one of these little blankets that you can put over your belly. I think men should be putting it over their laps, right, to, to reduce yeah, that exposure that you're getting from your laptop. And then you also got to think about things that you always talk about, Dad, which is uh, cell, um, cordless phones in the home. You know, uh, throw them out, Drew. Just throw them out. Just throw them know? out. Just, exactly. Get a corded phone, right? Like, look at this. Do, do people re recognize this anymore? Yeah. This is a corded phone, people. I got one too, right here, right there. Corded phone. You know, <laughs> I mean, we got to go back to the old ways because, really, I think they were a lot safer. Well, you know, Drew, one of the post, one of the most important aspects of uh, clinicians like you and myself is that people don't want to be preached to, but people want to do what we do. Yeah. In other words, it's, it's, it's almost like having your young children. You know, young children will follow what a parent does, not what a parent says. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing is true as a doctor. And remember this, for the women, and I think some women are going to be watching this program. Uh, I remember I had a slide of a woman that put a cell phone uh, in her, uh, like, uh, uh, her bathing suit type bra, uh, where she worked out at a gym and she put her cell phone in there. Well, after a six months time, she developed a cancer right around the whole rim of the cell phone. Wow. Just amazing. So, you know, these these um, electromagnetic devices are dangerous. And again, the topic of conversation today is that they can lower hormonal levels in the body drastically. So so that's yeah. the takeaway. That's really the message. No, thanks for bringing that up, Dad. That's a key key point there. Now, what else do we have here? I'm gonna I'm gonna mention one thing, but I want you to list some other things that can help, or sorry, that that actually lead to low testosterone in males. Um, one of which I don't know if you know this, Dad. There was a JAMA study uh, that you know Journal of American Medical Association came out in 2011, and what they did was they looked at men that were sleeping around eight eight and a half hours a night, and they restricted their sleep to around five hours per night. And you, you know what they found? After no one week of sleep restriction, their testosterone went down from 10 to 15 percent. OK, wow. Yeah, this is a JAMA study. So what well, that, that tells me, sense. yeah, 10 to 15 percent. Now, you think about how many men out there are sleeping uh, not enough hours per night. I mean, I always recommend people at least seven, like seven is like the absolute minimum. And if you can get eight, maybe nine's good for you. But if you're getting five hours a night, that's not going to be helping with your testosterone production because that's happening at night. Right. And that's partly why. When you wake up in the morning, you, you know, men wake up with erections, right? That's right. when your testosterone level is really the highest. 
And that's also when, by the way, you should get your lab work done for measuring testosterone is, is early morning, because that's right. going to give you more accurate uh, you know, indication as to what that level is. So I'm all about sleep, Dad, in terms of men getting better sleep, right? What, what, else, do you, what else do you see in terms of things that, that might uh, interfere with testosterone production? Well, I mean, certainly any phytoestrogens in the environment where if men are taking a lot of estrogens, uh, that can be a factor. Mm -hmm. um, um, I remember um, when I was treating a lot of my patients with heart failure, uh, that was a big factor in men because uh, when men were in heart failure, um, their sexual drive just went, it, was, it just disappeared. And I'll never forget this, Drew. When I was putting men on metabolic cardiology, you know, D-ribose, Q10, mm -hmm magnesium and carnitine. It was amazing. A lot of my men came back and said, doc, some, uh, you know, not only is my heart getting better, but I'm waking up with erections. And then that, and that, this got me thinking, this got me thinking, geez, that's interesting. You know, because, you know, anything, whether it's, you know, breathing or coughing in the middle of the night because you're laying down and you're in heart failure or having, you know, an erection in the morning, it's all energy. It's all ATP based, you know, it's all, it's all energy. Mm. But then I did a little search in the literature and I was really surprised because, you know, years ago at Healthy Directions, I used to have a broad spectrum carnitine supplement. It had <clears throat> 333 milligrams of L-carnitine, propylonyl L-carnitine and acetyl L-carnitine. And when I was researching the literature about the carnitines and uh, and again, these men were talking to me because I was using a lot of L-carnitine. But yeah. when Healthy Directions had this supplement, I used to put a lot of my own men on, uh, you know, double a dose. In other words, they were getting two grams of this broad spectrum carnitine. And then it was an article that came out of Italy and, and Western Europe. This is amazing. It was talking about acetyl L-carnitine driving up testosterone levels. Now, how do you figure that? Mm -hmm. and it made sense because acetyl L-carnitine crosses the blood-brain barrier. Mm -hmm. So now acetyl L-carnitine is talking to the HPA axis, so to speak. So, you know, a lot of these things, situations are chemically driven, so to speak, in the body. But for any men who are listening to this program, uh, if they wanted to take a gram or two of acetyl L-carnitine a day, and by the way, I take it, and I get it from Thorne. You know, that's one of your, uh, 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 you know, suppliers that, that you use. And like, like I said, Healthy Directions makes fantastic products, and I love the quality assurance program, but they can't make every one of our products, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but I take acetyl L-carnitine uh, every day as well because, you know, of this reason. But, you know, Dad, I got a question for you. Do, do you think there's any component there with the uh, acetyl L-carnitine improving mitochondrial function, thus helping with testosterone production? Absolutely. I if, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all amazing. I mean, yeah. Uh, ACL is good stuff. And the major reason it gets into the blood brain barrier. I mean, I think it's going to be shown that uh, um, neurodegenerative situations are going to be improved. Uh, Alzheimer's will probably get improved. Memory yeah. will improve. I mean, all those things will improve because, I mean, I really like, you know, these targeted nutritional supplements that are so specialized in providing certain functions. And by the way, you know, we're talking about sexual health today, but the brain and the pelvis are connected. And when, it's, when the sexual function goes away, the brain is going away at the same time. Yeah. So the magic here is basically, can we use certain supplements or substances that can support the brain as well as the pelvis at the same time? And, and sure, you know, acetyl-L-carnitine, I think omega-3s are going to be involved with that, certainly CoQ10. I mean, 
uh, magnesium. I mean, look at magnesium. I mean, magnesium um, uh, will certainly, you know, be advantageous because of what it does to ATP. So, you know, for the men listening, um, sure. Do you want to take hormonal replacement? I, again, like I said before, every male is different. It can help a lot of men. It may not help men. But there's certainly, in our tool chest anyway, lots of targeted nutritional supplements men can use that can really support the brain, the heart, and the pelvis at the same time. Yeah, it's such a good point, Dad, because, you know, I've seen that there's a lot of marketing out there for for low testosterone and then certain uh, supplements and such that might, you know, raise it. And I, I've tried so many things with my patients over the years and I haven't really seen a, you know, a big uh, uptick in terms of testosterone production by using these things, you know, especially like tribulus or like the ginseng family, right? Because those have always like historically been uh, suggested to help raise T levels. But I'm so happy that you brought up that L-carnitine piece because I, I actually didn't know that. And that's the only carnitine derivative that crosses the blood brain barrier. That's fantastic. That's great. It is. So it just makes sense. It makes sense. So, you know, I, I mean, our, our pitch today to the aging male is really, there's lots of things they can consider going yeah. forward. Yeah. Now, what about exercise? Because you look at a lot of Americans these days and they're 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 very sedentary. Right. Uh, they're doing lots of work at home, even now with covid being at their computer all day, working via Zoom and such. What's the role, dad, that exercise plays with testosterone production and decline no, for that? matter? There's no doubt about it. The more you exercise, the higher your T levels. I mean, there's, yeah. there's good correlations, good clinical studies. Um, no, it just makes sense. And I'll tell you, again, you don't have to, you know, pump a lot of iron or, you know, strain yourself or kill yourself. Yeah. Uh, uh, sarcopenia, like I mentioned before, is, uh, you know, a real problem with the aging male as well as the aging female. Mm -hmm. I mean, females get Achilles rupture, you know, they, 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 there's, there's so many things that can happen. But like if we exercise and uh, and again, I like vitamin K2 uh, here as well for both men and women. And I'll tell you why, because. The, the, the metaquinone 7 is not only going to um, uh, take calcium out of blood vessels where it doesn't belong, but it's going to put it back in bones because the aging male, you know, a lot of aging males don't realize this, but we get osteoporosis, we get hip fractures. So again, you know, you want to take this, this uh, metaquinone 7 because um, I think the whole secret to what you and I do is really delaying the ravages of aging whether we give mitochondrial support or neurohormonal support or, or vitamin and mineral support or support from, you know, healthy fruits and vegetables, it doesn't matter. We just want to delay the ravages of aging. And, and again, I, I've said this many times, but I think 70 is a new 50. I, really <laughs> I love that. That's great. Now, is there anything else, Dad, that we should uh, let our listeners know in terms of things perhaps in the environment, like, uh, you know, there's xenoestrogens, right? Which are right. sort of uh, estrogen mimicking compounds that might interfere with hormone production. So obviously our, our audience should be aware of uh, not, you know, microwaving their food in plastics and not consuming uh, lots of plastic, you know, water, water from plastic water bottles, et cetera. Um, anything else out there that you want to mention that could be potentially linked to low T in men? Um, well, basically, you know, anything in the environment, like you mentioned, um, yeah. And, and that's important. There's one thing I do want to mention about low T um, and, and, you know, my specialty heart disease. There's no, since the biogenome project, you know, came into vogue, um, the LP little a mutation uh, has skyrocketed. 
uh, over the years. And this is really cool because today we're talking about testosterone, right? Mm -hmm. Well, testosterone in a male can offset the negative aspects of high LP little a in causing, you know, coronary atherosclerosis. The same thing is true of women. Women who take natural endogenous estrogen who have high LP little a, mm -hmm. that offsets high LP little a. So that's kind of interesting. You know, again, I want to talk of my specialty as a heart specialist. So that's important. So yeah. uh, any of our males out there over the age of 40 or 50 who have high LP little a, and if they can't like sort of neutralize it with lumbrokinase or nanokinase or niacin or any of those derivatives, uh, you, you know, if they can't lower it or at least, you know, try to neutralize the harmful effects, uh, certainly uh, taking testosterone is another advantage of supporting your heart. And you know as well as I do, a lot of the literature on testosterone was good for heart disease, but some some tainted literature came out saying it was bad for heart disease. Yeah. But I'll tell yeah. you this, from my experience over decades, I can remember, you know, men who were waiting for heart transplantation who went on growth hormone or were taking testosterone and growth hormone. Uh, even the men in my practice, uh, you know, they improved yeah. on, on these uh, hormones. So, again, and, and, and the literature attests to that. So uh, there's certainly a place for the aging male and the aging female to, to, to go on hormonal replacement therapy. Well, let's let's bookend this this podcast here, Dad, because in the beginning we spoke about, you know, the, the TRT, right? And now we're sort of at this point now. Now, in terms of labs, so there's different lab ranges depending on if you go to LabCorp or Quest or what specific or what have you. And it can range anywhere from a normal testosterone of, of 300 to 1,000 uh, nanograms per deciliter. Some, some labs are more around, you know, high 200s all the way up to 890. So, Again, reference ranges can change. I want to make two points here. One, I've had lots of men with, with very low T, like in the 200s, that are asymptomatic. Okay, They don't have the belly fat. They don't have the fatigue. They don't have the muscle loss. They don't have uh, any cognitive issues. They have no libido issues. So I just want to make that point there because it's not all about treating numbers. Okay, And you and treat I are all about patient. treating Absolutely. the patient. This is personalized yeah. medicine, individualized right. medicine. This is what we're doing. This is the message that we're spreading across this, this podcast. Now, the other point I want to make is following up on what you just said. Some men benefit tremendously from going on hormone replacement, which is testosterone. Right. And this is this speaks to the whole andropause thing that we're talking about. You know, in, in women, it's lowered estrogen and progesterone to some extent. So we give those hormones along with some other hormones. And for men, it's usually low T with andropause. And so we give them testosterone. And, and not every male responds to it. I've put plenty of men on a cream or injections and they haven't noticed a thing, okay? And I've had other men that it's been an absolute game changer where they get their brain function back, their libido comes roaring back, they can pump more iron at the gym and feel like they've just got more like vitality and oomph and, and you know gas in the tank. And they feel like their quality of life is so much greater because again, mood changes. Like they notice this, this elevation in their mood, which can be uh, tremendous. So, Sometimes with testosterone therapy, it's trial and error. It's just seeing if someone responds to it, maybe within a month, if there's no change at all from doing injections or, you know, compounded cream for that example, then maybe testosterone therapy isn't for you. 
And ideally, in terms of going back to the range again, we talked about that, you know, anywhere from 300 to 1,000. I like to see men anywhere around six to 700. Yeah, it's kind of a, a, good, a good range. You know, if you go too high, you got to be, be mindful of uh, erythrocytosis or, or like a polycythemia where there's too much hematocrit hemoglobin and RBCs in terms of the, the, the amounts. And so and that by can the make, way, that's yeah. a major risk factor in men. I mean, there's so many weightlifters who, who push testosterone to levels of 13, 1400 picograms per ml. Yep. And they get thromboembolism. They get blood clots in their deep veins. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, there's horror stories in young men uh, with thromboembolism to the chest because of uh, DVT. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. So when you're when you're on TRT, you want to make sure you're getting a CBC done regularly just to check right. on that. And then also I, I, there's two other things that I'm really mindful of when it comes to TRT, and that's uh, prostate health. And so right. if a man has uh, current prostate cancer or has had prostate cancer or if there's even some BPH involved, too, I don't I don't give testosterone replacement therapy. I'm very conservative. there, very cautious because there's some speculation that uh, giving testosterone may feed the growth of of prostate cancer or increase the size of prostate cells, therefore leading to a worsening of BPH symptoms. And then another condition too is uh, liver disease. So if there's anything happening with the liver, I tend not to kind of want to prescribe testosterone, but, but overall, you know, it's, it, it's a safer uh, hormone to use, but of course, always talk to your doctor first about going on TRT. No, I absolutely agree hundred percent. And Drew, You've had experience with HCG, right? I mean, you would give oh, HCG. Thank you for bringing HCG that up. It's been beneficial to men as well. Okay. I'm happy you brought that up because HCG, without getting into too much detail here, it's a it's an LH or luteinizing hormone agonist. Okay. Right. So, and what, what um, LH does is it actually helps uh, stimulate the Leydig cells of the testes to produce testosterone. Okay. Right. So in any men that I put on TRT in terms of injections, I have them do, uh, well, one injection per week, which is usually around 100 milligrams. And then we do 1,000 IUs of HCG uh, later in the week. And that's also once a week as well. And that's going to really preserve the testicular function. Uh, it might prevent a little uh, testicular atrophy, which can happen with higher doses of testosterone. Yeah. And uh, really, it helps sustain that that testosterone level throughout the week. So you don't have that big dip, which can lead to sort of a you know, fatigue and sort of a, a you know, worsening of symptoms. Um, and and another, another point here, too, Dad, is that there are some young men like I've got a 25 year old that came to me already on testosterone because uh, of severe depression. And it, it was a absolute game changer for him. I actually ended up switching him from testosterone to HCG, right? Because any male that wants to conceive later in life, you need to be careful about just using testosterone. Right, so right. HCG is a great alternative to use. You can also use Clomid too, uh, actually, to help boost testosterone levels. But uh, HCG uh, has, has been really helpful as well. So I'm happy you brought that up. All right, great, great. Yeah. And then, you know, um, what do you like to give guys my age for prostate health? I mean, um, I mean, what's what's in your tool chest for that? Yeah, I, I think in terms of mild, mild BPH, right, or at least some some if you want to just talk about like prevention. Oops, lost the earphone there. If you want to talk about prevention and really just supporting prostate health in general, you know, I like something like zinc. I like something like selenium, um, you know, salt palmetto has generally been used a lot to, to sort of help. And even with mild BPH, you can have some benefit there. But if you've got severe BPH, we're not going to really move the dial all that much with, with salt palmetto. What, what do you like, Dad, in terms of prostate support? 
Um, I like dim. You know, yes, thank you. Uh, I like that. I like flower pollen. Uh, I like pumpkin seed. Um, you know, and 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 I take soil palmetto. I mean, I've been taking that for uh, twenty years. So, mm-hmm. um, I think prostate health in a male is a is an important issue. Um, and it's you know, I mean, the good news there's lots of pharmaceutical drugs now where if men can't urinate. I geez, I remember Drew years ago when I was a resident and a cardiology fellow. Mm. I would always hear of guys in the emergency room that had acute urinary re- retention, yeah. and in the male, that's a medical emergency. I mean, that is really frightful. And I have to tell you, uh, but now you know, with with a lot of the pharmaceutical agents on the market, uh, you know, uh, we don't see this anymore. So yeah. the, you know, that's that's some good news. So a little pharmaceutical support is good and nutraceutical support for an aging male is, um, uh, you know, really, really helpful. Got it. Now, dad, you just reminded me, you mentioned dim, right? Dim, dim for those that don't know is, uh, it's got many functions, but one, it's an aromatase inhibitor. So it's going to yeah. prevent the conversion of testosterone to estrogen. estrogen. Now I'm so happy you, you brought that up because when you're on TRT, Okay, you always need to look at estrogen levels as a male in the body. So have your estradiol checked because estradiol can start to go up because if you're on testosterone, it can aromatize, which means, you know, aromatase is an enzyme that converts uh, testosterone to estrogen. Your estrogen levels can go sky high and that's not good. Right. You're going to have some you're going to have some uh, implications from that. So there's chrysin. Chrysin is sort of a natural supplement that men right. can take to uh, support that. You can take that orally. You can actually compound it into some creams, which, you know, if I'm going to do a testosterone cream, I'll, I'll typically put in chrysin, maybe some zinc in there as well. And um, there's also a medication called anastrozole, which you can take in, in low dose uh, once or twice a week to, if men have really high estrogen levels. But that's just a key point there to remember. Always have your estrogen level checked. And Drew, I'll tell you, um, uh, I really stay up on testosterone replacement therapy. I mean, uh, uh, I even saw a recent physician. Actually, he was the author of this book, you know, on steroids, uh, uh, Dr. O'Connor. And um, I went to see him because uh, he lives in my home. I just wanted to take his pulse. Um, and what I learned, and maybe we should, because this is cutting edge stuff, is that he gives 0.5 uh, milligrams Every five days. In other words, remember the standard dose of an astrozole. I'm sorry, 0.35. He gets a third of a cc every five days. The standard testosterone years ago, when I was, you know, seeing some docs, we would get a shot every two weeks. But you're right; right. it was the aromatization that was a problem in a male because then this we get this big dose of testosterone. You know, you're aggressive for a couple of days, and all of a sudden, it aromatizes to estrogen. Yeah. But now the state of the art is you give like a third of the dose every five days because you, it prevents, you know, that high spike and then the awful dip that a lot of the men, you know, would go through. Now, is that a, is that a sub Q or is that an IM injection? I am. I am. I am, yeah. you know, like a third of a CC instead of a whole CC every five days. I mean, I think that's brilliant in a way. It's, it's simple, yeah. but it's the simple things that make a difference. Well, well for women, you can also give sub-Q injections. So there, there's so many different delivery methods, right? Yeah. Well, Dad, as we as we wrap up, as always, we're going to share some wellness wisdom with our listeners. So what's one key takeaway that you can give for men to combat low T? And then I'll, I'll go next. 
Well, I think I've already, uh, you know, given, you know, the main bullet points. Again, I would say if any male wants their brain back and their pelvis back, try yeah. acetyl L-carnitine. I mean, I think that's that's it's look, it's it's harmless. There's yeah. no side effects. Uh, it's inexpensive and uh, it works. That's a that's a great start. Mine's going to be sleep. And I talked about that JAMA study because really, I mean, so many men, they take for granted uh, sleep, but it's just such a such a, a basic function that we must be doing on a nightly basis where you get enough sleep and the quality of your sleep is good enough. So if you're not sleeping well, you're not sleeping long enough, make sure you are. All right, Drew, that was great. And I hope we, uh, you know, given some ammunition to men and uh, put a lot of men at ease with this conversation. I think men men need to hear a conversation like this from other doctors like us, because, you know, all men and all women go through the aging process. And it's really good to talk about these aspects. So well done, son. Oh, thanks, Dad. You too. That's our show for today, folks. If you have a question or an idea for a show topic, please send us an email or share a post with us on Facebook. And remember... If you like what you heard today and you want to be an active member of the Be Healthistic community, subscribe to our podcast at BeHealthisticPodcast.com or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your favorites. You can also find more great content and information from us and the Healthy Directions team at HealthyDirections.com. I'm Dr. Drew Sinatra. And I'm Dr. Steve Sinatra. And this is Be Healthistic. Thanks for listening to Be Healthistic. Powered by our friends at Healthy Directions with Drs. Drew and Steve Sinatra. See you next time.